Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. My name is Lisa Caserta, and um, born and raised in Connecticut, all Italian family, um, met up with Henry Hill 2000, 2000-ish, and we were friends, and uh, we became friends, and then he ended up, you know, moving up to my house in Topanga Canyon, and we had a really good time. He was, he was on his, sort of on his way out. You know, he, he didn't want to live anymore. So I grabbed him. I dressed him up, put his monkey suit on, and we traveled the country. <laughs> Actually, the world. We went to Ireland and UK. I can talk about that and some fun things if you want. So you said you met him in the year 2000. How did you meet him exactly? Well, I did my job in, in um, I ended up doing um, picture cars. I worked um I just had a, a way into uh, picture cars, and I had a guy, a friend named Ovi Overman, and he was very um, well known in the in the uh, in the industry with movie cars. And uh, he would he would call. I started selling cars, and then I started selling classic cars, and then through I mean this is going on for twenty five years. So um, through doing this, um, you know, I would. Every once in a while, a movie guy would come to me because my cars were classic, and the you know the director or the cinematographer would want a you know a '69 Pontiac Le Mans or you know Firebird or something. So uh, of course I would have them, and they would buy them. And um, so I've been on a lot of sets where they blew my cars up and threw them off the roofs, and you know we've I've done a lot of movies and um, with my cars. I sold them and then they would ask me if I wanted to buy them back all smashed up. So, <laughs> so what happened was I got burnt out after 20 years or 25 years of doing it. I was just totally burnt out. And I, so a friend of mine asked me if I wanted to kind of open up a little coffee shop in Santa Monica. So uh, I called an old friend, uh, Lucy Bush, and I think I have pictures of her and she, um, she was an actress. She was on Broadway for years. She was Peter Pan on Broadway. And she, she, she's you know, been in a few things in the old stuff, you know, like in the 70s. So she uh, she was my good friend. She came there. She was in this coffee shop. And this guy 
came up to uh he was sitting outside um in santa monica they have permanent benches so here's this guy sitting outside of the store and you know i'm looking at him i'm inside you know doing some work and doing something and He's outside talking to her and they're talking about the Mets and the Jets. And he, he looked familiar. I didn't know who he was. And he comes walking in. This is a great story. He comes walking in and right next door, there was an, uh, a liquor store. So he was drinking already. And here's this guy. He's wearing, you know, he's got Gucci shoes on, Gucci bag, dressed, you know. And he, so it wasn't like a bum or anything, but he was sitting in a bum seat, you know. And, um. So he starts drinking. So he comes into my store and um, I look down at him and I go, yeah, what can I do for you? And he goes, here, here's my wallet. Can I use your bathroom? And he did it so nonchalantly and so casual. I just, you know, I said, no, get out of my store. <laughs> I told him to get out. And he said, oh, come on, let me use your bathroom. So he goes, my name is Henry Hill. And I, you can trust me, he says. So. I was thinking, he goes in the bathroom, and I'm thinking, Henry Hill, Henry Hill, no. Howard Stern, I thought right away of Howard Stern. And I and I remembered my bestie, my best friend is Denise, who was married to John Francis, who is Sonny Francis, his son. And he was, he owned the rehab center, and he was, um, his father is the capo of the Colombo Karn family. Okay, now they, we're going back about 20 years here, maybe about that long. And he was the capo. I mean, he was one of the oldest living gangsters, murdering gangsters in in the country at that time. Sonny Francis, and he was part of the Colombos. So, and his brother Michael, he did the big, um, you know, the oil, I mean, the uh, gasoline tax thing. And uh, as a matter of fact, after me knowing Henry, I gave Mike a lot of work. I would send National Geographic before Mike was even doing a lot of stuff. You know, I just knew him. Henry knew him. At any rate, so I turned around. I went to I went to uh, John. I said, John, I got Henry Hill here. He goes, put him on the phone. Henry and John hadn't seen each other in about 30 years because he hadn't seen him since he was in New York. And John was in New York. It's very weird, huh? How that came about. And so they got, I, they hooked up together. They're on the phone. It's like they knew each other for years ago. And um, that day I ended up bringing Henry down to uh, John's house. So he, this is all in California, all in Santa Monica. Isn't that weird? So, yeah. And so, you know, incidentally, she, uh, John ended up in witness protection. I could tell you about that later if you want to know. He ended up turning his father in at 96 years old. Getting back to that, um, I think it was Henry was just on a binger. So the best thing I could do is just help him get sober because I'm sober. You know, I've been sober long. Uh, at that time, I was sober about 25 years. So, you know, yeah. So, you know, he he just, you know, and I would see Henry and say he went over to John's house and then he left John's house. and um. I would see Henry at the beach all the time. He was hanging out with, believe it or not, um, Eminem and Brian Wilson from the Beach Boys. And uh, 
Dion uh, Warwick, who's Dion is his name too, and he is a producer, and it's Lee, it's Dion Warwick's son. So that was Henry's friends down at the beach, and from morning, noon, and night he would drink. So he was kind of, you know, after a few weeks being back from Palm Springs, that's where he was coming from. I had no idea. And uh, that's what, how I met Henry. That's how I met Henry. It was kind of oh. exciting and fun after a while. But I looked at him as sad. Yeah. So what was your first impression uh, upon meeting him, thinking that you knew the name Henry Hill and who he was before you looked him up? Um, I was so busy working. I'm a, I'm a real workaholic. <laughs> so it didn't even phase me. And plus, I was still kind of doing cars. I had some unfinished car business to do. And uh, it was fun. I got to tell you. So the first few weeks knowing him, I didn't see him all the time. I, I would see him like not every day. He would be down at that beach. Okay. And what I would do is zoom down there just to check up on him because my house was, my house was about 45 minutes from the beach. This particular beach, Venice Beach, I live up in Topanga, which is the right, you know, there's a big ride. Um, it's about, you know, like half hour drive from Venice. Henry loved Venice Beach and he loved, loved it down there. He, I don't think Henry ever like escape like got away from anybody and had his own freedom it was like he was free and he he wanted he wanted to drink and he wanted to party and he ended up meeting a lot of people down there but i saw what i saw was um downhill spiral i saw him like if he doesn't get sober you know because he was a bad drunk if he doesn't get sober this guy's gonna die and um and so I would pick him up and take him to meetings or I'd zoom by and I'd see him at the corner. I'd say, get him, get in the car, let's go eat something. And I would get him some food. He didn't care. He wanted to just drink. And I think he was kind of wanting to die at this point. He was 60, he was about 60 years old at the time. He was very depressed, you know. Um, you know, and I... I think that's where it all started is that then, and I would take him to AA meetings and stuff and hopefully he would get sober. You know, I, you just do what you can do, feed him, you know, at the time. And then it was around Thanksgiving. And um, now I did not know Henry, who he was really. I knew he was the whole thing with Goodfellas, but I really didn't know the magnitude of this guy. I didn't realize he wrote, at that time, he wrote four books. <laughs> I didn't know. I know he wrote Wise Guy with Nick Pelleggi, but I didn't really know who he really was until afterwards. <clears throat> and so Thanksgiving, it was Thanksgiving, I think in 2001, maybe. Um, I went down there and says, this guy can't stay down here for Thanksgiving. It's like an Italian thing, you know. You, you can't let nobody not eat by themselves on Thanksgiving. It's like a thing you do. So I picked him up, brought him up to my house. Now we live up in the canyon, so you gotta drive pretty far and, and up mountains. And so you need a car to get in and out of my place, right? So I brought him up there, plopped him down on the couch, 
I went in my room, went to sleep. My son, <laughs> my son walked in the front door and said, Mom, what are you doing with this homeless guy sitting on the couch? He had no idea who he was, right? And I mean, I, because I mean, I'm just sitting there saying nothing. And I, I woke up the next morning, got coffee, and him and Nathaniel, my son Nate, and him were outside smoking grass or something. I don't know what they were doing, smoking pot. And um, they became friends. And um, it was like a it was like a relief for me because now they're connected and they can go do things. And it really turned out well. I uh, they and the fans at the time he was like he had to be I don't know 14, 15 years old, and he was <clears throat> doing music. And so the very first it's so weird the very first um job my son had was working at a at a pot place now this is where pot wasn't legal yet right so he would he would go down to this um pot store but in the pot store they made it out to be like a studio get me so it was like almost a front not a front but it was kind of like you know you didn't know what it was sorry for the noise um you didn't know what it was it was either a music store or a pot store so it was just up in the air. So, and there was these two twins and it would hit with a, with a Nathaniel did is he took Henry in to get more pot, I guess. I guess you had to have a license at the time or get a prescription from a doctor. I'm not sure how that worked, but I, I have the original license of Henry's with his picture on it, you know, state of California, you know, whatever. And it's, it's, I wish I had it with me. It's up at the house. I'm at someone else's house right now. And, uh, so they started palling around and, you know, I, I, and then Jamie Foxx got involved with them. You know, I heard Jamie Foxx isn't doing well, but he, he lived down the street and he was just messing around. He was retired, Jamie Foxx, you know, and he, he just had done, he won the Oscar for Ray and he, he you know, so he was into kind of music. So um, he asked, Jamie asked my son to go to the house and um, his house and help him set up a studio. So, you know, and help him. Yeah, and it was kind of cool. So that's where my son really got his start. And then we got Henry in the mix. So it was quite a, you know, kind of eclectic um, guys, you know? So that's how that happened. But we were just friends at that time. No, and then <clears throat> I think after like a month, he was at the house and he was really a good guy, you know. I would say, what do you do? Uh, what do you do for work? Now, you got to remember, my head's working. I was still doing cars. I still had the store down in Santa Monica. So my head was mostly working. I really didn't pay a lot of attention to Henry that much. My son, I kind of pawned him off on my son. But I didn't want Henry to go back on the street. It was very dangerous, you know, for a guy at his age to be out there. He loved to hang out at the beach. That was like his thing. It was like it was like somebody left him alone and he it was like a kid in a candy store. I got to not have to work anymore. I don't have to do this anymore. I can be free and you know, free love. You know? And uh so yeah, so one day I asked him, I said, Henry, what do you do? What do you do? He goes, well, I don't know. I wrote a book. And then he says, I wrote a cookbook. And I wrote this. And I wrote, he wrote four books by the time I met up with him. So 
I, you know, I didn't know what to do. I didn't know what to do with Henry. So I said, let me see if I can, let me see if I can re resurrect Henry. And that's sort of, you know, in my mind, that's really what I think I was doing. And not knowing really the magnitude of what I was really doing because I didn't want to sell cars anymore. I couldn't, I couldn't sell another car. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. <gasps> no, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Uh, it was just, I just couldn't do it anymore. You know, and, and not that they were bad cars. I had some really great cars. I mean, Henry, Henry and I have been in some really nice, nice cars. And I drove and always took with me because that was the car I had at the time. I was driving at the time. You know, um, I remember we were in a 1934 Mercedes. And if you go in my canyon, there's, there are like almost 180 degree, you know, uh, corners. One day the door opened, it was a convertible and the door opened and I'm holding Henry and he's halfway out of the car and I'm holding him. He almost fell out of the car, almost died because he was fucking around drinking, you know? And <laughs> I mean, there was a lot of, there was a lot of, um, you know, close calls. Let's put it that way. So, what was your question? I totally forgot. Uh, well, you you basically answered it, but it was it was your impressions of Henry. But you went on uh, a little bit, which is totally oh, romantically. Fine. It wasn't really um, like that because Henry, I I think at that time. I think Henry kind of wanted to end it all. I really do. And um, what what I would do is, and what I asked him was, I asked him what he did for what he did for a living. I have the hiccups now. What he did for a living, and he said, "Well, I can paint, right?" I says, "Really?" I says, "Come on, let's start painting and let's paint. Let's paint." So. He, I went out and I spent a couple hundred dollars on paint stuff so it would keep him occupied so I could work and he would stay here painting. And that's really what happened with us. I got a couple of videos I can shoot you. They're really cute. And um, of Henry painting. And so he started painting and I put a couple up on eBay and in a matter of like a half an hour it was gone for like a few hundred dollars. I think I sold it for like a thousand dollars or something. I said, okay, Henry, here we go. Let's go. <laughs> this is your new occupation. And he says, okay. You know, he didn't really know what he was up to. We didn't know what was going on. We didn't know. And he started to um, paint and he did, he did weird stuff like animation, like kid stuff, you know, like young, you know, kindergarten stuff. It was young work, you know, it was like young. And um, that's what we did for a couple, about a year. We, we started selling that. And as a result of selling that painting, those paintings, we met a lot, a lot of people. Like, I met you. I met you. And um, one guy I met, 
was close friends to Charlie Manchin, and we commissioned out, believe it or not, Henry commissioned out four paintings of Charles Manson. I would love to see those paintings. Did you know? Did you ever see those? No, I don't believe so. Can you imagine Charlie Manson in Corcoran prison? Okay, asking Henry if he if he could what do you call it? If he could uh, paint a picture of his his portrait. Isn't that weird? That's and crazy. Henry so did, so did Manson and Henry have what? Did Did Manson and Henry ever talk to each other? Um, I think at the time, Henry, okay, was in witness protection, sort of getting out of it, but I think it was against, um, the rules because you're not supposed to talk to felons, I think. Does that make sense? Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. I, he wrote, he wrote to him. Um, I have documents and paperwork from from uh, Manson. Didn't I give you something from Manson at one time? Yeah, yeah. I used to have a few things, like a postcard that was addressed to you and Henry that was signed on the back by uh, Manson. Yeah. He, um, he, how it worked, I'm trying to think. How it worked is he, I think he did talk to him, and they used the code name Henrietta. That's what that's what Manson would call Henry, Henrietta. I think Manson was more impressed with Henry than than Henry certainly wasn't impressed with Manson. He thought he was like out of his mind. You know, Manson. Can you imagine Henry thinking Manson's first? <laughs> yeah, that's pretty funny. Calling the cow black for sure. <laughs> yeah, but um yeah. I remember it, it was about a six month thing going on and we would get these letters. I think I got a whole pile of them somewhere. I have a storage in, in Las Vegas that I have a lot of stuff in. Yeah. And there was another guy, uh, part of from Texas or something. His name was Kenny Kenneth or something. And he was, he was like, like in the same cell block that Manson was in and, they were friends too. I I don't know the whole story. I can't remember. I was more inundated with getting Henry back to work, back to doing things. And you know, we did a lot of appearances. A lot of we did a lot of stuff. We did a lot. We traveled a lot. And people were still fascinated with Goodfellas. They're, they were still fascinated. You know, I, we never really had any trouble. Um, yeah. It was quite, it was, I had fun. We had fun. So how did that work, traveling and doing events, being that he was one of oh, the more, you know? Yeah. Well, let's see. Um, Let me think of the first big event we did. I can't remember. I think it was Baltimore. Uh, I don't know if you knew this, but Harry and Larry Flint were friends. Remember Larry Flint? Yeah. You know who that is? Of course, okay. the, the guy that the was hustlers, shot by a serial killer. Right. So, Larry uh, and Henry, I would I would drop him off over. Now, I don't even know, and I didn't even care, to tell you the truth. I would drop Henry off at the Hustler, I think it was a card place, City of Industry, I think it was. It was the Commerce Club. Flint would play there. That's where he would play, you know, on an off night from his house in Beverly Hills. And he wanted Henry to always be with him. I don't know why. He wanted Henry to sit with him. And because he 
he, I guess from the movie, he saw Henry played cards. Can you believe it? Henry drank. He didn't cards, right? So Larry would call and I would drop him off over there. You know, and I'd go gamble somewhere else. I would go in the card club and play like a little machine or bet horses or something. And um, so what had happened is um, a guy, these, these uh, guys from, I think it was Shreveport or Baltimore, Baltimore. They had a big um, hustler club in Baltimore. So what we would do is he would, they would pay us, you know, it was good money. They would pay us to come out to Baltimore, uh, pay all our expenses. And Henry would sit there for a Saturday or a Sunday, one night. And they would have a big party, meet Henry Hill, good fella, you know, and, and we would have a whole, um, like box office it was a, it was called the sky room and i guess other vip people it was like a thank you to all the guys so henry and i would go there all the time and that we met a lot a lot of people there and um you know and sell art like crazy it was crazy i mean it was just crazy i i can't even tell you how um how packed the place would get they closed it down and i mean we met some really dynamite people you know, we went to baseball games and, and football games, the Ravens, and um, we really had fun. So as a result of the Hustler Club, we went to the Hustler Club in Vegas and did events. We went to the Hustler Club in Shreveport, Hustler Club in Miami. Uh, you know, so that was like a fun thing. You know, it was all fun, really. And we were making money at the same time. But having to watch Henry was hard. Babysitting for Henry was really hard really hard because he ended up arrested a couple times from um um he he we were in springfield illinois i think it was or springfield one of one of the midwest towns and what had happened is uh we got in late it was freezing cold we're sitting at a um hotel and I told, we got in there and it was late. It was like 12 o'clock. Do you want me telling you the story or? So, so what had happened is we, we get into, we get into town. It was like one o'clock in the morning. We get in, we uh, get into this hotel. There's this little black lady. She's sitting at the, the desk. You know, it's a beautiful hotel. And she was the only one there. So she gives us these tickets to have a free drink when you stay at the hotel. Right. Of course, I give mine to Henry. I don't know that Henry is like at that bar, empty bar. No one's in there. And he found a bottle and he started drinking himself, <laughs> pouring himself drinks. And he's sitting there. All of a sudden he comes out and he says to the lady, he says, get me a cab. I want to go to the hustler club. Right. He's saying this to this black lady. The black lady doesn't know what the hell he's saying. OK, doesn't know what he's talking about. All of a sudden, he starts flipping out and he starts yelling at her, Connor, all these names, you Mulyan, you Tutsun, you know, in Italian, that means black, right? Connor, all these names. She, the police come, she calls the police because she got scared and they take Henry away. Now, meanwhile, here I am upstairs, you know, half sleeping and I'm going, where the hell's Henry? About three o'clock in the morning, I go downstairs. And I looked at the lady and I says, where's Henry? He goes, oh, that man, that man was rude and crude and he was so mean to me. And I had him arrested for slander or whatever. The I don't know what it was. And he ended up taking 
they ended up taking Henry, putting him in jail, okay? And he was locked up in Springfield, Minnesota or something. And, in, in, you know, in, in Minnesota. And he ended up, the next day, I, I was freaked out because the next day we had to be at the Hustler Club. We've already been paid. You understand? So I had to make sure that he was there, you know, at this club. I didn't know what I was going to do. It was like a Friday night. There was no way I was going to get him out on a Saturday. So what I did is I um, called a friend of mine. He shot up from Wisconsin, came there, picked up, picked me up. We went down to the police station. And there's Henry, okay, all dressed up, okay, and because I had he had a suit on. And he's sitting there outside with all the police cops and everything in this rinky thing town taking pictures they were like all like taking pictures everybody like there was like 10 cops down there doing a photo op at the police station it was bizarre i mean that's the way things worked out so what had happened is um the the press heard about it the press started coming down and we were like, oh no, oh my God, you know, we're we're supposed to be good people, you know, we're supposed to Henry's supposed to be good, and he we ended up on the news. He ended up on the news. He ended up, you know, good fella, you know, because just like a big thing, you know, good fella arrested, thrown in jail, blah 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 blah. And it turned out we did three more shows after that, okay, which was cool. And it was like a racial thing, right? So all the black dudes wanted to come and see meet Henry because it was like a racial. So we what had happened is we got all this free publicity through the air and through TV and through the newspapers that it turned out to be a great event. You know, it was weird, isn't that weird? Very strange. Yeah, that's crazy. And stuff like that always happens. Always, always happens. Yeah. Yeah, Shreveport was like that too. Um, you know, Shreveport, Louisiana, they're very, um, yeah, it's south. It's the south. And uh, we ended up, they were shooting, you know, Shreveport was used in the old, you know, like back then. Uh, they had a great ta- uh, ra- tax write off for movies. So they would ship a lot of, you know, actors there to do shoot movies there because they were giving away, you know, free tax, you know, tax free, exempt. You know, so you could come and shoot your films here, you know, to get them there. And it just so happened we were in um, Treeport and we had a whole cast of, I think it was a, a, a movie and James Wood was in it. Remember James Wood from Casino? He ended up, he, he ended up in the same hotel and I get downstairs and there's Henry and James Wood sitting there and James Wood was so intrigued with Henry talking, 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 making sure, you know, who, you know, just interviewed like himself. He was intrigued with him. He wanted to know. That's how Henry had the effect on people. You know, they might've called them a rat and this and that, but people ask questions, you know, it was kind of cool. And, you know, we were always treated well, wherever we went. It was just, Yeah. A lot of fun. We had a lot, a lot of fun traveling around. That's just the way it was back then. What's one of your favorite uh, memories that you had with uh, Henry? One of my favorites? Um, okay, so we were doing an event down in um, Boca, Boca Raton, and we met a great couple, uh, the Kenners, and they were publicity people, and we went to... Uh, we went to Tampa and we did a 
like a little fundraiser and an event at the Tampa Rays um, Coliseum. I don't know what the name of it is, but it's the Tampa Rays where they play baseball. Um, I can't remember what it was. And they were playing against the Yankees. So this, these people um, ended up. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to. Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. We ended up hanging out with um, Angela Dundee, who Angela Dundee happens to be, he was like 75 at the time, or like 80, and he happened to be, he, he, trained 15 major boxers in his life muhammad ali was probably his most famous one Ma, you know sting like a bee muhammad ali and he was like the most famous guy so it was henry and angelo together at at um the the, the uh forum I, not the forum at the coliseum and we had a signing there we had a signing and it was like major. It was like people and, and when people came in, we were at the first um like store they had. It was the Ted, it was the Ted Williams um museum. You know who Ted Williams is? So yeah, and so they, we were there and it was really a lot, a lot of fun. And it's Tampa. So Tampa is special because Henry got busted in Tampa, remember? With the Lions. Remember holding the Lions? That was a true story. So uh, we ended up doing like four or five events with Angelo. It was really a lot of fun. We we ended up just getting you know just really great great stuff. You know we ended up being with the with the owner of the Tampa Rays, and he was all in trade to me. You know when you go into shows like that, or I mean games, most of the players everybody's underneath the ground. That's how you get in. You know you go through the tunnels to get in, and uh. So we're in, we're walking with the owners and they were, it was like, we had an entourage for this little meek little guy, you know, it was the cutest thing. And then we got Angelo right here with them. And it was like, a, it was like a big, you know, it was, it was kind of historical if you tell you know, to tell you the truth, because, you know, back in the day, you know, Madison Square Garden boxing was big. Boxing was one of the biggest Italian things they did back in the day. There was a lot of money riding on, you know, boxing and ponies, you know, Kentucky Derby. And but boxing was major because they didn't have a lot of, um, you know, they had casinos and stuff. But boxing was huge. Football was huge. Baseball wasn't that. I guess it was that big, but it wasn't as big as um, boxing. Boxing was more of where these guys, these mob guys made a lot of money on. Yeah. So you can imagine. These guys talking and they had all these secrets about everything, everything. They knew everything. It was like being in the old time, you know. And of course, with Tony Montana. Tony Montana. Remember, Tony? You went to see him, didn't you? Yeah, I did. I, a few times I did. He is a great guy. He was such a great guy. You know, um, some time i don't know it was maybe in the early couple of years after we were together um denny griffin 
Denny Griffin, he's a writer, and he, um, you know, don't forget, Henry was in witness protection, so that was major, and, and Denny just so happened to start writing books with Frank Collada. Frank Collada was also in witness protection, okay, so I had no idea. I don't know anything about witness protection. What do I know? We're Italian. We don't know people like that, you know, that rat. And uh, so what had happened is uh, Denny wouldn't allow Henry and him together, Henry and Frank together. I don't know why. I think Frank was weird about it because Henry, in a way, was bigger than Frank was as far as Italians and movies is. He really was. Um, just because Frank, you know, he was the consultant for Marty Scorsese and everything, but Henry was the real guy. You know, the movie Casino wasn't about Frank. It was about, um, you know, Ralph Rothstein. You know, it was about him. You know, De Niro's character. And, um, and you know, of course, Ray Liotta was with, uh, you know, with, with um, Henry. So, you know, and they're both Scorsese movies. They both were written by Nick. Um, so they were, uh, they were major at the time. Who knew what was going to happen? Who knew the the magnitude of both movies? You know, you know, the, besides The Godfather, Casino, and Goodfellas, and Bronx Tale are like the top movies. You know, for gangster movies. That's what they say. That's what I see all the time. So. Um, that was probably another big event that we got uh, Henry, Frank, and Tony together. I formed a company called the, they were the original gangsters. They were. Formed a company, me and another guy, and the other guy paid for a lot of stuff, and he, he, he put up money all the time. His name was John. That's what he said his name was. Come to find out, our, our promoter ended up being shady and ended up going to jail we had no idea who he was and i ended up with you know the company so it was like okay come on frank come on tony we're gonna go do this and go do that and go do this and we traveled around doing that it was a real good fit because all those guys two from chicago one from new york they were two different families but they were fucking tight they were really really tight they had stories. They knew everything. Everything collaborated really well. I wish I had taped more. I wish I videoed more. Did you ever come out to Vegas and, and come to any of the shows? No, I never went to any of the shows, but I, I met Tony and we hung out, went to his favorite restaurant and he took me up to oh, his penthouse. And it was, it was a really good time, but I never did go out to any of the events, unfortunately. I think those were before I knew who Tony yeah, Montana yeah. was. It was a lot of fun. We had fun. It was all fun. It was, you know, it was like a total routine. You know, what I had to do, where I had to go, what casino I had to be at, you know, and we did a lot. We did a lot for as long as we could, you know, as long as Henry was alive. We were in and out of Vegas all the time. We opened up the Mob Museum, by the way, in 2011. And it was, I, I think if Henry, Tony, and... um frank were there i don't think it would have been that great because the only people i think that showed up was um you know goodman you know mayor goodman and his wife you know um but how what i did is i gathered i i i got people together 
because I knew they were good fits, you know, casting, you know, and I knew they were good fits for what we needed to do, you know, for the Bob Museum. It was just a, a great time. It was a great time, and I think it's a nice place, the Bob Museum. You've been, haven't you? Been yeah, I've been a County? few times. Yeah, I like it. Yeah, yeah, it was. It's fun, and I actually found pictures. I'll shoot you the pictures of us at the museum with Henry, and uh, yeah, I, I could shoot you some pictures of those of the time. You know, and then next door they always had restaurants and bars, and and they were always like they made it right. You know, they paid an awful lot of money for that place they said they spent over at the time a million was a lot but i think they spent more than a million dollars i think it was a few million to get that going right. it was a great building and right. i'm still respecting now I, I, when i call they know who i am they let me in i let people in i give them discounts to go anywhere they want uh, i've done quite a few um events there you know uh, you know book book signings and stuff great people i've met a lot of good good authors you know uh writers you know joe pistone and burl barrier and denny griffin and oh you know all of them you know they were they're just it's a whole it's a whole um movement mob stuff is is as big as ever right now i don't know if you know that but it's still happening right right yeah there's, there's still a big fan base for it i mean i see it all the time with documentaries and yeah. news articles and Whitey Bulger and Al Capone, people like that are still being talked about today. Yeah. You know, it's funny. You want to hear something funny? Whitey Bulger, okay. Henry's girl, now we, you know, we're always going out, we always went out and did things and Whitey's, I mean, um, Henry's writer for his cookbook lived two houses away where Whitey was. This is funny. And two houses. I mean, I mean, that's weird, isn't it? Kind of weird. And her name was Priscilla Davis. And she wrote Cooking on the Run, Henry Hill. Right? You know that beautiful cookbook? I might have one around here. Anyway. And um, so we were there. And the guy who Henry's handler was, you know, you know what a handler is? Right. A handler is someone who takes care of Henry. If he needed something, he would do it. When Scott Gariola was very young, he was Henry's handler. He was like one of the, he was a rookie. He was young. He was like 30 years ago or something. And he, uh, he was Henry's handler. So it was me, Priscilla, Scott, uh, Priscilla's husband were all making dinner. We would have like these little events, like not events, but dinners. And Henry would cook from the cookbook, right? So it turns out that after all these years, Scott Gariola became head of the Dangerous Fugitive Task Force. He became that, the FBI agent in Los Angeles. He was head of it, you know, before he retired. He was, you know, he's a pretty cool guy. Turns out, two weeks after we were at that thing, at that, that little dinner, Scott's in, like, two houses down arresting Whitey, Whitey Bulger, because he's the head of the future task force. Isn't that weird? That's, wow, that's insane. That's, an, that's a coincidence, yeah. And it, you know what? We didn't know. How are you going to know? How are you going to know that he's there, you know? Uh, a, a friend of mine lived in the same building, you know? It's just weird. Birds of a feather. It's so weird. 
I, don't, right. I, I could never imagine him being there. Why would he ever come to Santa Monica? He had to be pretty stupid to be there. <laughs> don't you think? Yeah. I mean, of all places, I, very... I think California would be a place I'd go if I were on the run, but I wouldn't be in a populated city. I'd be like somewhere in like Indiana or Wyoming or Kentucky or well, something. Well, that's where like Henry that. was. Henry was. He was in Rabbit Hash, Kentucky, Redmond, Washington. I think it was Washington, wasn't it? Redmond? Redmond, yeah. Redmond's a city in Washington. Yeah. Uh, he was in what? North Platte? Nebraska, remember? Yeah, so he was pretty much everywhere, Henry, when you uh, go into protection. Although Henry couldn't keep his friggin' mouth shut. He was always, you know, telling everybody who he was. There were times when the feds would come out and take his keys and put him in the trunk because he couldn't drive. They didn't want him to drive. They didn't mm -hmm. want us to do it. It was uncontrollable. That's crazy. So were you, were, was he staying with you when he got kicked out? Of no, protection? he was actually, all right. So he went to, when he, when he left Redmond, he met a guy named Mike Mikon and I'm, I'm going to have to go find him. Mike Mikon came from Redmond, that area. Do you know the name Mike Mikon? No, I don't believe so. Mike ended up coming out to California. He was a, his parents uh, were business people in Redmond, and he they owned a huge, um, like, metal and steel company or something. Mike came out to Palm Springs, and I think Mike and Henry came out together, and that's where they moved together, right when he left. And, uh, and he came there, and then it was time for Henry to sober up, so he went to a place called Bet Shuva. I don't know if you remember that. Do you remember that? Gangsters no, and Goodfellas, so. that movie. I mean, the uh, book. It was called Gangsters and Goodfellas, and he wrote. Remember that book, Gangsters and Goodfellas? I, I've, I've seen, I've seen photos of it. I've never read it or owned it, though. It's not very. It's, it's a good book. It's okay. But what's funny is, um, with Gangsters and Goodfellas, remember I was telling you about Larry Flint, and when we were in Baltimore, the guy who wrote the book was from Baltimore. So wherever we went. Wherever we went, I would think, who's in Baltimore? Who's in Baltimore? So it turned out to bring Gus Russo. Gus Russo was this very um, excellent writer. He was very political and he did, you know, things about JFK. It all comes together in the end of it all when I talk about it. Kennedy and the mob. I mean, really? So, so Gus Russo lived maybe a half an hour from the Hustler Club. So I invited him to come down with all his friends and had him all come in. He's a great man, Gus Russo. Yeah, it's, it's kind of funny how things just are. And, and, you know, he also, with Henry, he, um, you know, us going back and forth to Vegas, uh, Henry hadn't talked to any of his family in about 30 years, you know. I don't know if you knew that either. Did you know that? No, that's crazy. Yeah, so that's a long time because you're like not even thirty, are you? <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm I'm a little over thirty, but yeah, a little over thirty. <laughs> so here you are, you know, you weren't even born yet when this was going on, and Henry was already in witness protection. Um, when Henry went into witness protection, he had to cut off his family. Okay, now it comes from five sisters and two brothers. That's a lot of kids. Okay, so um. As soon as Henry and I were settled into Topanga, 
I started, we started hanging out with his brother and his brother and him, you know, they weren't really apart, but they were not getting along like they, you know, before. And, and then by the time Henry had passed, Joe and him were best friends again, you know, and also with the sisters. Okay. Two of them lived in Vegas. So every time we went to Vegas, we always picked up Stella, who was 80. She was 80 something at the time. Stella. Did you ever meet Stella? No. No. Uh, Stella and Marie, um, they were both in their 80s, and we would pick them up, and we would take them with us to any events. They would get carte blanche, anything they wanted. It was like redemption for Henry, you know? It was like a redemption thing that he was able to, you know, make up for... How can you make up for past time? You can't. You know, you just can't. Yeah, a lot of things happen, so... It was nice. They both have are gone now. And I do miss both of them because I had a really good time with, with Stella. She was a whipper, you know. I got pictures I'll send you to them. So when Henry did pass away, was it like a shock to people that were close to him or was it like a we saw it coming kind of thing? So, you know, Henry was supposed to die years ago. You know that, right? Years ago. He was, um, Henry had 10 lives, not nine, 10, maybe 20 lives. He, now, he's been shot at a couple of times, and um, no, it wasn't a shock. Henry smoked a lot. You know, his heart, his whole family's heart was no, you know, their hearts weren't strong. I think his mom had a bad heart, too. You know, but they all repaired all the hearts. Everybody, I think, Joe had open-heart surgery. Henry had open-heart surgery. Two of the girls had open-heart surgery. So, no, it wasn't a surprise. You know, Henry, come on, look at that guy. <laughs> right. He's been through a lot. Yeah. Did he have a funeral? Like, did anybody, did any of the old mobsters we had come a big, to his funeral? Uh, or? We had a yeah, we had a big funeral. Um, we had a we had a um, a celebration of life at this woman's house. Her name is Georgia Durante, who she's a mob wife, a real one, and um, she's in Toluca Lake. She has a big home, and we had a beautiful gathering there, and a lot of Henry's old friends showed up, and the kids showed up. And it was quite nice, actually. Yeah. It was, it was, you know, like local celebrity people that know that were in show business who, who you know, older. They're all older people. So, I mean, people you wouldn't know, you know, showed up. Just older people. Right. But, you know, Henry was loved. Henry was really loved. His kids were there, you know. Um, the only one that didn't come up was Karen. You know, it's a little dangerous, I think. She's she's still um she still worries. She still worries about things. And uh that was another thing. I um Henry um hadn't seen Karen in over I'm gonna say thirty years. Thirty. We were doing an event down in Boca and um I called Karen and I called uh Gail and the son, and I told them all that we're coming down. This was back in 
maybe 2009, maybe, maybe 2009. And I said, we're all coming down. We're doing a couple events. Please come. Please, everybody come. I want you to come and come have dinner with us. And, you know, we would go to different places for dinner, but we were doing a big uh, Goodfellas thing and um, showing, mm -hmm. I mean, a meet and greet. And I, I remember going into the house. I was a little nervous. And it was a beautiful home. I can't say where. And there's, there she was, Karen. She is beautiful. She's absolutely gorgeous. Still looks wonderful. Still gorgeous. Okay? She really, really is. And um, I walked in the house. And, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm a little uncomfortable. But Henry, I think, was more nervous. Hadn't seen her in 30 years. Hadn't seen Gail in about 20 years. Isn't that kind of weird? We walked in, I'm sitting at the kitchen table, and they decided to cook. They were cooking sauce, stir the sauce, Mikey. They're cooking spaghetti sauce together in the kitchen, and I'm sitting there going, I mean, this was almost 15 years ago, and I'm just going, oh, my God, this is too weird, because it was just like the movie. Remember they were cooking sauce at the end of the, at the movie? Right. And, and Henry told Mikey, stir the sauce, Mikey. Henry was act, he was doing the same thing at the movie. I don't even think Henry saw the movie that many times. He didn't even saw, I don't think he even seen himself, but they were doing the same thing in, <laughs> in, in the movie that they were doing in the kitchen. Same thing. I'm going, oh, this is too weird. But it was very cool because there was a lot of tears. There was a lot of crying. There was a lot of hugging. And at the end of Henry's life, he ended up being very close to all of his family members, all of them, all of them, which is cool. He's very proud of his son. He has a son um, by uh, Kelly, not by Karen. He's got, he's actually got three kids, Henry. So it was Julian uh, was with his la his wife before, okay, before I came around and she ended up passing away, the wife, Julian's mom. And, uh, but he, this kid is wonderful. He just had a son. And um, Greg, you know, that's the older son. He's doing great. He's wonderful. Has a great life. Has a great family. And so does Gail. Gail's the um, middle, you know, the, the girl. It's so funny. Um, I was at a, 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 a little dinner party last week and we we're talking about, I met a guy who his name's Louie, you know, there's like 25 people at this place. And so we start talking and I says, Oh, you're from New York. I was, yeah, I'm from Brooklyn. And then I moved up the upper West side. Oh, you know, when you live up in the West side of New York, that means you got successful and you made a little money and you can afford a great place. Right. Cause it's expensive in New York to live. Turns out that this guy was in the movie Goodfellas, this young guy, okay? And he happened to be sitting next to Gail in the movie because Gail was in the movie. Did you know that? No, I didn't. That's crazy. Henry's daughter was in the movie. That's how she got her SAG card, I believe. Her, she was one of the Marie's. Remember there was Paul's and Marie's? Paulie's and Marie's in, in the wedding? She was one of the Marie's, and you see her, and then you see... And you see the guy that I knew, his name's Louie. And we talked about each other. And I says, oh, my God. And he asked about how Gail was. Because nobody knew. Nobody knew that Gail was in the movie. 
you're not supposed to know at that time. You know, you're you're how old? You know, she was what she had to be like eighteen years old. And she was in witness protection. She came in to be in the movie. Isn't that weird? I thought it was Yeah, that is that is really interesting. Yeah. And it was nice. In fact, we're friends now. I probably go see those guys tomorrow night, Thursday night. If it doesn't rain, I don't drive in the rain. Hmm. Yeah. So after Henry passed away, what happened to all of his paintings and all the autographs he signed over the years? Well, how I did things is I used to take, uh, you know, three ring binders. And I used to take them and I, I would put them in covers and I would put them in books. So I have about maybe 10 books of autographs. So I haven't even touched them yet. Yeah, I got some paintings. Here's one. Here's his one of his favorite ones. <laughs> yeah, I've, I've had a lot of those ones over the years. <laughs> yeah. And of course, his Billy Bats one. Remember that? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I remember that one. Yeah. You know, there was nothing. I mean, what else are you supposed to do when you're retired? What else are you supposed to do? You do crafts. All women, all the old ladies do crafts. Me, I got involved with getting him around, sending him places. It's weird because Henry, you know, not anymore so much, but back in the day, people would always say, Oh, Lisa, I'm hanging out with a rat. What are you doing with a rat? You know, rat, rat, rat. And I was like, do what you done, you know, do. That's right. it. You know, and I said, do what Henry did. And I don't think people realized how, um, how scary it is. How scary it is to have Paul Vario and Jimmy Burke say they're going to kill your kids and put you in the uh you know in, in a freezer and lock you up and throw your kids i mean that's scary shit don't you think right yeah definitely yeah i think anybody would be scared in that situation yeah so that's what uh he was doing you know that's what jimmy was doing and i think henry could give a shit about himself it was more of his children that he cared about what are you gonna do you know honestly if you think about all the big crime bosses, every, even Paul Castellano, you know, all the big guys all were killed. They all were killed. How did Henry survive? Being a rat? So what? What's the smartest thing to do? What? Keep your mouth shut? You don't rat on your friends and keep your mouth shut? Yeah, and what happens? You're going to die anyway. Right. You know, yeah, it's, it's a catch-22 either way, really. I mean, you live that life. Your life expectancy, I'm sure, is cut drastically short. You think about all the guys, you know. I I became friends with a lot of the kids in um, witness protection. I mean, not witness protection, but the kids like like Billy Cotullo. His father was Wild Bill. You know, Frank Calabrese. His father was Frank Calabrese. You know, these guys were all kids from gangster kids you know i mean and growing up linda scarfa linda scarfa is she's a great kid you know but she saw her father you know die there and saw her brother die right in front of her i mean it's it's a tough life it's a tough scary scary life yeah right. yeah it's entertaining for people who aren't in it but you know 
And that's kind so, of it. Before we get out of here, is there anything that you'd like to plug or talk about that we haven't covered yet? I don't know. I mean, I still, there's probably like, I, I sold a lot, a lot of paintings to people and um, there's probably maybe 10 paintings that I have, personal ones up on, on eBay. And, um, you know, anyone can contact me if they want. You can give them my um, email if they want to buy anything. I don't know how many followers you have or what you do or, um, you know, I have a lot of stuff. I have a lot of Tony Montana stuff still. And I have uh, Frank Collada. Frank Collada was, um, for a second about him, he, he was a very angry guy. He was very angry and he was really, um, I don't know, there was just something about Frank that he, to the end of his life, he was okay. But through the, when I knew him and I mean, it's probably a good 10 years of working with this guy. He never was comfortable. He, he always had something to say and he always wanted to be the first one and he wanted to be in the middle of the headshots that we got of Henry and Frank and you know he always wanted to be the one and it was like sad because I, I really really could have done so much more with Frank he was he had a lot of information but Tony Tony Montana was my favorite guy out of all the guys he was one of my favorite favorite guys he was so sweet so nice knew more information and Tony and, and, and Frankie was really jealous of Tony. Frank was very jealous. Henry loved Tony. Henry loved him. He couldn't wait to see him when we went out. You know, the only thing is Henry, uh, Tony didn't drink or do, gamble. <laughs> so he had nothing that, you know, all they do is talk, talk, talk and eat and talk, 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 but that's it. They couldn't go gambling. They couldn't go play cards. They didn't go look for women. You know what I mean? That's all they could do is eat and, and talk. That's all they did together. But it kept, uh, when they ate, it kept Henry sober. So that was happy for me. <laughs> yep. So on eBay, uh, I think I got artwork by Henry Hill, I think, is on there. I don't, I don't know. But they can ask. Awesome. Well, thank you for coming on the show. I really appreciate it. I always enjoy our conversations and talking about Henry and Tony and the good days. Yeah. Thank you for having me, Andrew. And it's good to see you again. Good luck in all your endeavors. Okay. Thank you. All right, baby. Unforbidden truth.